Next, appreciate the fact that even if every one of these top 10% of men wanted to get married and settle down, <laughs> and they definitely don't, that would mean, by definition, a maximum of only 10% of women could possibly end up with one of these high-value men. And since 1% of women end up in scenario A, and since roughly one-third of the remaining men in this category, by a conservative estimation, will be uninterested in settling down at any one time, this means that about 6% of women can possibly end up in scenario B, making it the second least likely outcome. And of course, the cost of securing this outcome is women lowering their price tags. Women, are you more likely to buy the Versace sack at full retail or when it's on sale? Even if you could afford the full retail, wouldn't you be more motivated to act by the discount? Of course you would, because that's rational. And if Versace wants to reach a clientele that would otherwise be priced out of its regular product, that is exactly what Versace needs to do. Excellent. We've covered the first two options, and there are still 93% of women left unaccounted for. Where are they going to go? Well, since we know that 25% of women are unmarried at 40, a figure that's increased a whopping 25% in just the last 10 years, and 7% of women end up in the first two categories, that means that about two-thirds of women will face endgames C and D. And since my impression is that women, reproductive window notwithstanding, would genuinely and understandably prefer to remain unpartnered than resign themselves to a less desirable relationship with a lower value man, I don't think there is an equal split here. That said, the desire for children and commitment can be very powerful in women, especially as they age, so there is a split to be made. My hunch is that about 15% of women end up in scenario D. They lower their price tags, still fail to beat out the intersexual competition, and settle for a lower value man, making it the third least likely outcome. And these women typically end up here out of pressured necessity. Women, would you ever pay $20 for a mediocre sandwich? Probably, if you were at the airport and you didn't plan properly. In this scenario, the prospect of going 12 hours without food is more distasteful than being gouged for a disappointing meal. You will be willing to pay more for less if the prospect of going entirely without is more painful. Seen from the opposite perspective, this is why producers who create on a regular cadence, everyone from car manufacturers to fashion designers to local bakeries, radically discount their products right before the newer, fresher products are released. This is designed to capture customers who, for whatever reason, are unwilling or unable to wait just a little bit longer for a better option, hence pressured necessity. If you need the sale and your product is expiring, this is how you motivate action. Now, next up is scenario E. These are women who are unable to secure and unwilling to settle, and they constitute a rapidly growing proportion of the population. As of right now, about one in four women will face this endgame, and I think it will soon become one in three, making it the second most likely outcome. It's too harsh to say that these women end up alone. After all, there are people everywhere with whom you can have satisfying relationships. 
but they end up unpartnered and childless. In 2020, nearly 60% of women under 30 in the U.S. were childless. And frankly, this doesn't seem to bother most women in this demographic. Many of them are thriving, making good money, traveling the world, prioritizing their friends and their interests, and receiving lots of offers. However, as I can apparently never say enough, the game changes at 30. Just like a lot changes between the ages of 19 and 29, a lot changes between the ages of 29 and 39. Windows shorten, clocks wind down, and the fear of missing out rears its ugly head. Failing to plan is planning to fail. According to a 2010 meta-analysis, only 10% of ultimately childless women actively chose not to become mothers, and about 10% of the remaining women could not become mothers due to medical reasons. That means about 80% of women who never have children arrived at this outcome unintentionally. And this is not an even distribution across all women. The proportion of unintentionally childless women is significantly the highest among high-earning women with advanced degrees, namely with the women who were performing so well in their 20s. Men are typically not as interested in making offers to these women, not as is commonly believed, because they are intimidated by successful women. That is a cope for the women in question. But because these successful women are older, it takes time to get an advanced degree and build a career. And as we've seen, all other things being equal, the same offer becomes more expensive as a function of time. These women are also the least likely to surrender their hypergamous tendencies. After all, they've worked very hard to get to where they are. So why would or should they settle? It's an excellent question. However, the upshot here is that these women tend to price themselves out of the market more frequently than their less educated, lower earning, and younger competition. And that leaves scenario C. Since these five endgames cover all the mutually exclusive outcomes, we can estimate that 53%, or roughly half, of all women will end up with lower-value men willing to pay a higher price tag. While a high-value man with lots of options may not be willing to offer, say, sexual exclusivity or a lifetime commitment, a lower-value man, who might not be able to access the same sexual opportunity otherwise, might. These men must offer more to compensate for their lower attractiveness. This means that most women end up with the relationship they want, but not with the man they would prefer. And this is what leads to a lot of low-grade marital dysfunction. As Chris Rock put it, the number one reason why your woman's always mad is because you ain't her first choice. Link below. Not all women can afford a Versace sack, but that typically doesn't stop them from wanting one. And this can make them envious and unhappy, especially if they're scrolling. On the other hand, some women can successfully resolve this dissonance by making a virtue out of a necessity, which, all things being equal, is actually a very useful reframe. That is, rather than focus on the sack they wanted but couldn't afford, they recast the knockoff they bought at a significant discount as just as good. After all, 
The knockoff sack can hold at least as much as the Versace sack, and it may even be the more practical accessory for most occasions. So what's the upshot? At the end of the day, most women will end up with a perfectly serviceable option. So there's no need to give in to panic or dread. So this is the approximate distribution of endgame likelihood when we look 20 moves ahead. And this distribution hinges on women's continued reticence to make the offer, whether it's for a date or for a lifetime of provision. The game will change significantly if and when they cross that threshold, but this is how it roughly looks under the current state of play. Just keep in mind that these are kind of ideal odds ratios. They skew more disadvantageously to the women as the years go by. For most women, they will never have a better chance of securing the relationship they want with the man they prefer than today. This has been Real Talk with Psychax. What do you think? Let me know in the comments below. And if you've gotten this far, you might as well like this episode and subscribe to this channel. You may also consider becoming a channel member with perks like priority review of comments or booking a paid consultation. As always, thank you for listening.